welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy. Hey, Kingdom Culture family. So great to see you. Happy Sunday. Thank you for joining with us. Uh, Let us know where you're watching from in the chat. Please share it. If you're watching on Facebook, share the link, like it comment. Let's have a good time this morning. If you didn't watch last week's experience, I would encourage you to go back, watch it. We had an amazing special guest with us, Rick Pino, who not only led us in worship, but brought a really encouraging word around the purposes of worship. And it was really encouraging. So I want to encourage you to go back and watch it if you haven't already and uh, share it. Share it with people. I know it will strengthen so many people, especially in a time where we feel like we're coming into uh, a year, 2021, we're already here, where worship needs to be at the helm of everything we do. If we want to win the battles that God has called us to win, I believe that God has called us to elevate our perspective and make Him the priority in our worship. That's how we're going to make it through 2021. I, I, I believe this obviously cross-pollinates to every season of life and it's a part of our life, but sometimes I just feel like God emphasizes something a little bit more than in previous seasons and we really feel like worship is going to be a huge component. And we're going to actually expand a little bit more on this during today's message. But I want to read a scripture a favorite verse of mine actually, and I'm going to read the first few verses before it, out of Psalms 115. It says this, Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. In other words, God, you deserve it all. No, it's not about us. You get the glory. You deserve what's due you. Because, the writer says, of your love and faithfulness. Because of your love, because you are love, because of your love, and how faithful you are, you deserve it all. You deserve all, you deserve all the credit. Verse 2, why do the nations say, where is their God? Our God, I love this, this is what I want to focus on, verse 3, our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. Such a powerful, powerful statement. Now, if you read on in the chapter, Uh, there's a little bit of a comparison at some level drawn between God, the God who is in heaven, and idols. And if you read it, you can actually, I'll just kind of read a little bit of it. It says in verse 4, for example, their idols are merely things of silver and gold shaped by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak and eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear and noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel and feet but cannot walk and throats but cannot make a sound. And those who make idols are just like them as are all who trust in them. In other words, they have all the senses, they have all the stuff on the outside, but they're dead. They're useless. Whereas God, who is in heaven, you can't figure him out totally. 
He is sovereign. He does whatever he pleases, which really, when you read this, uh, this, this phrase, he does whatever he pleases, really is a description of God's sovereignty. You've probably heard, um, you've, you've heard this term before. Maybe you don't fully understand it. Really, it's very different from our responsibility in faith very different um, when you compare our responsibility in faith to God's sovereignty. God is sovereign over all. He's supreme. He's bigger. He's better than any other small g God. And in, even in comparison to any idol, anything that you may worship, anything that you may honor above and beyond God, God is bigger and he's better. This is what the writer really is trying to get across. You can't figure him out. He does what he pleases. Let me give you a little bit of a quick working definition of the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God is his absolute right to do all things according to his own good pleasure. Now, this doctrine, this understanding, this revelation of God's sovereignty is troublesome for so many people. And it's been uh, actually a, a quite a big divide uh, over many sects of Christianity over the centuries, and there have been there has been whole denominations that have flipped totally to this to one side of it's all sovereignty and none of our responsibility, and then on the other side of the coin, God is not really sovereign, and we have to work and we have to do everything in our own responsibility to get God's approval. And I want to bring you a balanced perspective of what God's sovereignty really is. And I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to go too deep today. My prayer is that it would be simple for you to understand that you would have and go away from this message encouraged to see God's sovereignty at work and how it actually plays a role in servicing your relationship with God. Okay. Cause we often think about God's sovereignty as this outside of the realm of our own experience thing or element of God's nature that we can't touch. We can't, we can't maneuver around. We can't control or um, inspire or encourage or move because God's sovereign. He does whatever he pleases. So despite what we do or don't do, God is still sovereign. If he's going to do it, he's going to do it despite you. And while that is true, there is an element of our responsibility, even in prayer, that provokes God's sovereignty. So now let's just continue on here. Now, like I said, this understanding of God's sovereignty has been a divide for so many and, and people, you know, swing the pendulum extreme to one side or the other side. And I'm hoping to bring a little bit of a balance, but it is a really despised way of thinking to think that God is up there controlling everything, you know, and we have nothing to do with anything and everything bad, good, and even in the middle happens because God chose it to happen. Now, part of God's sovereignty, part of God being sovereign, is that you will never know all of the answers to everything. Because he is sovereign and because he is big G God, he is big Papa, there are things that you will never know and never understand. And that's what makes God sovereign. Does what he pleases despite having to explain himself to you or to explain himself to me. He just is. He does whatever he wants to do when he wants to do it. Now, once again, I'm just speaking right now to one side of the nature of God. There's a whole other side where we pray, we believe, we step out, and we live a life according to God's plan and purpose, and we see God move on our behalf. We can't forget that because the majority of our life is 
is lived out of responsibility while acknowledging that God is still sovereign. We never forget that God is sovereign, but we don't just live kind of waiting, well, God's sovereign, he's going to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it, despite what I do, just kind of wait around, do nothing, sit on our couch, eat potato chips, and God's just going to do it all for us. That's not the kind of sovereign God that I am speaking of, okay? Now, it's, it's kind of like, you know, like what I said, like Ephesians 2 verse 9 says salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it, okay? So now, this is, it, the whole gospel message, the whole salvation message is really centered around this idea of salvation unto God, the salvation of soul, body, and spirit, okay? The sozo, the healing the wholeness that comes from believing in the gospel, which is Jesus crucified, Jesus resurrected, okay? For the forgiveness of our sin, setting us free from ourselves, and literally he died as us to liberate us, to reconcile us back to our original design, which is to know our creator in a real relationship. But just to get this out of the way for a second, centered, uh, or the salvation as the centerpiece of the whole gospel. I'm talking about salvation of our spirit, soul, and body, okay? Even the healing of our body, because you can't separate healing from the salvation and saving of our soul. Um, sovereignty is still at the helm of, uh, uh, of it all. And what I mean by that is because salvation cannot be in our own responsibility, okay, uh, attained. He, it's not a work. It's because we do good things, God saves us. We get our ticket, we get our passport signed, and therefore I'm going to heaven. I'm a citizen of heaven because of my good works. No, it was because of his good work, which is why in John, I believe it's in John 19, he said, it is finished. What was finished? The work that we could never do to do the thing that we could never do, which is get to know God again and reconcile ourselves back to God. We're simply believing in what his work was, what he did on the cross in that one moment, giving of himself freely. So salvation in and of itself, the gospel message really is a sovereign work that we simply get to be a part of. We join in on, okay? So I just want to get that out of the way. So I want to talk though, a little bit outside of that today, I want to talk about the subject, the service of sovereignty. The service of sovereignty and how in the end, although sovereignty feels so outside of us, it's his work, not our responsibility, Sovereignty actually serves a purpose for our lives, for our relationship with God. It's all for us in the end. Now, I remember like in the beginning of our ministry, because my our whole focus in the beginning was training and equipping people to activate and live out a supernatural lifestyle. In the beginning, often, I mean, I would talk about uh, 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 signs and wonders. And of course I still do, but are, are obviously leading a community. My focus is not just in one area training people. So, but in the beginning of our schools, it was very supernatural, you know, going to the streets, you know, living out a lifestyle that honored God in faith. That was really kingdom that expressed itself in signs and wonders, supernatural phenomena. And we saw incredible things. And uh, it was the, the birthplace of our whole ministry as we know it, even into what we're doing today. But in the beginning, people would always ask me when I would share a sign or a wonder that I saw, whether it was on the street, in a coffee shop, or in a meeting, or wherever I was around the world, I would share about a sign. Some signs and wonders, man, if I told you right now, they'd singe your eyebrows because they're just so out of the box. The, the, the comment or the response often would be, why would God do that? Like, 
what's the purpose of that? Like, why would God show up this way? Why would God reveal himself this way? Why would God express his love this way? It makes no sense to the logic or the rational mind. My mind can't comprehend. What's the reason? And this is the the whole um, element of sovereignty that I want to get across. There doesn't have to be a reason. And even if there was a reason, we have enough of a reason to give us a reason to keep on believing. And that is because God is sovereign and does what he pleases, even if it's just alone to blow our mind and remind us that he is sovereign, that's reason enough. That I don't have to understand why. I don't have to understand why he chose this sign above this sign when, you know, so-and-so is in need over here and yet God does this over here. And why didn't he just do that? Because it makes more sense to the mind. God is sovereign. Does does what he pleases. I don't have to understand why all the time, but I know God always has a plan. And resting in that revelation is to truly understand that God is sovereign, that he is supreme over all. And so often when I'd get this question, why would God do that? I would just say, I would quote Psalms 115 verse three, God does what he pleases. And we don't have to have all the answers. And nor do I want the answers. If I had and you had all the answers to every little thing that God did or didn't do, then we wouldn't need God. And everything would be on our shoulders to figure out. Therefore, it would be all our responsibility and there would be no sovereign aspect to our relationship and our ability to relate with a sovereign God. So, but to go a little further, to understand, so now this verse, Psalms 115, verse 3, God does what he pleases. Just it's just a very powerful, potent thought when you dig a little deeper to it. To understand what pleases God, we have to understand that he desires to give us what pleases us. And I'm going to break this down a little bit. And this is a service to us and for us. Now, of course, when I say this statement, it's always according to his will and purpose. I'm not talking about God wants to give you every little thing that you want because you want it. But God does want to give you the desires of your heart. And I'm going to get into this a little bit deeper. Hebrews eleven six says it's impossible to please God except by faith. So Psalms 115 verse 3, God does what he pleases. Okay, so now in un- to understand why God does what he pleases or to give us a little bit of insight into this truth that God does what he pleases, we have to understand that what he please, what he is, is pleased with or what he pleases is directly connected as well to what pleases us. What pleases him is also what pleases us, but according to his will. Now Hebrews eleven six says it's impossible to please God except by faith. So as we live out in faith, guess what? We tap into and we connect into and we join in on God's sovereign will and purpose and plan happening and unfolding before us. We can have plans. Many are the steps, the Proverbs says, of a man's heart or the plans. But in the end, God directs the steps. There's a sovereign aspect. You can plan all you want, be responsible with what you have, steward with what you have, and you can invest and do whatever you think you need to do. But in the end, guess what? God is sovereign and he still directs 
your path. There is still an unraveling that you cannot anticipate, okay? But our role to please God, because God does what he pleases, our role to please him, okay, and understand this revelation is connected to our responsibility to continue to lean in and live out the, the faith life that we are called to live out. Now, like I said in the beginning, we often think of sovereignty as something that is sort of like outside of the realm of our own experience. But I want to talk today, I want to give you three things, three points that serve us or how sovereignty serves us in our relationship. We think about, like I said, sovereignty outside of the realm of our experience. But God's sovereignty actually, actually has a, a service to us and for us. Number one, God's sovereignty serves our worship, serves our worship. You're thinking, how does that make any sense? Worship is a sacrifice. It's an offering. It's not about us and what we get from it. Now, I love, if you, if you didn't get a chance yet, watch last week's message um, and how Rick Pino, he made this one statement, Rick Pino last week who led worship and taught uh, uh, for our online experience. Rick Pino made this statement saying, prayer is agreement with what God said and worship is agreement with who God is. I love that. Prayer is agreement with what God said, but worship is agreement with who God is. Every time I worship God, I am agreeing that God is sovereign. Why would I worship somebody that I have complete responsibility over? So if I'm responsible and it's all me, it's all my own works and I, I can work to get salvation, I can work to get God to love me, I'm worshiping a work. I'm worshiping something that involves my own effort versus God is so big, so beyond me, his ways are beyond me, his thoughts are beyond me, and I'm just going to worship this massive, this amazing, this humongously, you know, uh, full of love, generous God out there, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, I'm going to honor him, and even though I don't understand what's going on in my life right now, I don't get it, I don't get why I'm still living in this pandemic, I don't get why we can't go back to normal, I don't get all these questions you may be having, when we worship God, the reason or the motivation that makes worship go to the next level and it be purely an offering to God is because he's sovereign, because he's bigger than your problem, because he's bigger than all the challenges right now that you face. And so it actually serves a purpose to energize our worship, knowing that when I come before God, he's above it all and he's supreme over all. And he's, he's in the beginning and he's in the end. And we live in the middle with him in the process. I mean, he knew before I was ever even born, he had a plan for me. His plan is to prosper me. He knit me in my mother's womb, the Bible says. And he had a plan way ahead of time. Before I ever entered into this earth, he knew <clears throat> what would become of my life. And therefore, because God is sovereign and knows all and is all and is before it all, I can worship him. It serves my worship. Let me just read this. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 says this, For by him all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. That's phrase right here. And he is before all things. This concept of God is like, he, he, he knew that I would be right here today. 
that you would be right there where you are watching today. He knew all of it before it ever happened. Now, this is opening up another can, can of worms and I won't get into that right now, but it's very easily understood as you get to know this aspect of God's sovereignty. Some of my best, most amazing experiences have come in my moments of worship. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, like we, we know Romans 12 says we are to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. This is our spiritual act of worship. I'm not talking about worship in everyday life. I'm just talking about moments where I come to, to before God, just me and him, or maybe it's corporately in a church service and I'm just forgetting everything I came in with. I'm forgetting everything that's going on in my life and I'm just acknowledging God's supremacy. I'm acknowledging God's sovereignty. God, you're bigger than all the stuff, all the clutter in my mind, all the struggles, all the challenges, all the fears. You're bigger than it all. I'm laying it all down and I'm acknowledging that you are sovereign and that you have a plan that even though I don't always understand why you're doing what you're doing, you do what you please. I know that ultimately your pleasure is to please our lives. And I'm not saying that in a selfish way. Your pleasure is to fulfill your purpose in and through our lives according to your will. It brings you pleasure to bring me the pleasure of fulfilling the reason why I was put on this earth to begin with. But ultimately, I'm worshiping you not for anything. I'm worshiping you not to get anything, not to receive anything, just to acknowledge that you're big. Just to acknowledge that you are God, that you are big G God, your King of Kings, your Lord of Lords. I want to encourage you next time, tomorrow, tonight, whatever it is, when you have a, an alone time with God, even if it's 10 minutes, just come before him with this attitude that God, I don't get it. I don't understand everything. I don't know why this happened. I don't know why that happened, whether you did it or not. I don't even know, but I come towards you to worship you to acknowledge that you are sovereign, that you're bigger than it all. You're bigger than this pandemic. You're bigger than bankruptcy. You're bigger than the challenges right now I'm facing in my business. You're bigger than the sickness that my wife or my husband or my son, my daughter, my friend, my coworker, my brother, sister, and uncle are, are living right now. You're bigger than all of it. And I just honor and acknowledge that you are sovereign over all. Not to diminish my prayer life, not to just sacrifice bringing my request to God, but to acknowledge in worship. That's what worship looks like, is agreeing with who God is as supreme, as Lord, as sovereign over all. Some of my best experiences have come from approaching God in this way. He's bigger and he's better. So number one is sovereignty serves our worship. And number two, his sovereignty serves our purpose, serves our purpose purpose. Once again, our God is in heaven. Verse 3, Psalms 115. He does whatever pleases him. Now, like I said, what pleases him is to give you what also pleases you. Now, do not hear me say it's about getting, 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 getting. Once again, according to his will, okay? According to his will. And this is the challenge. We're always wrestling to continue in the place of surrender to align our desires with his so our desires become his desires. And when that happens, his will takes place. It's according to his will. Write this down. Sovereignty is not the absence of caring for an individual's needs and desires, but the presence of empowering them. Sovereignty is not the absence of caring for an individual needs and desires, but the presence of empowering them. 
Because, like I said over and over again, we often think of sovereignty outside of anything that we have responsibility over. We think of sovereignty outside of, it doesn't matter what I do, <coughs> excuse me, doesn't matter what I say, and, and really, it's not the absence of God caring. God has what he pleases, so you know what, I'm just going to do what I want to do. It's not the absence of caring for our individual needs and desires, but it's actually the presence of empowering them. Because God is sovereign, and because I can approach God this way, God's bigger, He's better, He's beyond my circumstances, what begins to happen is my heart softens towards the things that are in his heart. And when that happens, my desires become like his desires. And guess what? My desires are granted as a result. Now, you're, what you're wondering, let me just read a scripture to you that you've probably heard before. Psalms 37 verse 4. Take delight in the Lord. And listen to this. He will give you the desires of your heart. Not his heart, the desires of of your heart. How do we land or how do we get a hold of the desires of our heart and our life through delighting in God? How do we do that? How do we do that? Well, that word delight, that word delight actually means to have a, a, a softened heart towards the things that are in God's heart. As you understand God's sovereignty in your life and as you lean into this, uh, this revelation and this trust in God, that He, you don't have to understand everything all the time, that God is truly sovereign. What begins to happen is your heart begets, gets softer and softer, and eventually what happens, there's, there's like a synergy that happens, where all of a sudden, and I know this, when my heart is hard, I've been discouraged, I'm feeling a little bit disconnected, even though I'm not disconnected, I'm just feeling a bit disconnected, which we all go through, we feel, right? Doesn't mean it's accurate, doesn't mean it's truth, but we feel it. It might be your truth in the moment, doesn't mean it's the truth, okay? But I feel disconnected, I feel discouraged. You know, God's not answering my prayer. My heart usually, I can go back, trace it, my heart usually, at some level, became a little hard in an area. And no longer am I seeing through His eyes, and so therefore my prayer life feels like a wall. Let me give you the antidote to breaking through walls in your prayer life. Understanding that God is sovereign and worshiping Him from that place, which softens the heart, which then changes your prayer life. Listen, if we don't pray according to His will, we're praying with no power behind it. We're praying with no purpose behind it. Yes, God loves to hear us chat, loves to hear us talk, but God wants to teach us how to communicate what's already in His heart. He wants to partner with us. He wants divine exchange to happen. But to have that happen, our heart needs to lean in. Our heart needs to be soft towards what's in His heart. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. This serves our purpose, you guys. This is how sovereignty serves our purpose. With a revelation of sovereignty and who He is, it softens and breaks down the walls. I remember there was a, a, a season in our life in 2000, and I believe it was 14, the spring of 2014. We had just, we were kind of at the tail end of one of the hardest seasons uh, of our life. Uh, for many reasons. Um, my wife, both physically and what she was going through physically, um, at that time we'd only had three kids and there was just a whole kinds of stuff happening uh, at the church at that time and in ministry and challenges and, and just a lot of intense pressure. And it was a very, 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 very challenging season. And we were at a breaking point, Michelle and I, 
not in our marriage, but just in general, both of us just tired and weary and discouraged. And just, it was a hard, hard season. And we were praying, God, like we need it. We need like to disconnect. We need a break. We need something. We need like uh, a breakthrough. And so therefore maybe we need a break because to have a breakthrough, you have to have a break at the beginning of the through. Anyway, so a little side note nugget, but uh, we, we needed a break and uh, we were praying. And Michelle, I, I, I don't know if I knew this totally, but I know Michelle was praying hard for some sort of a vacation. God, like, please, can, can we go away somewhere? Like send us, a, we need something. And she'd been praying, I guess I heard this after the fact, quite a bit. I, I kind of knew she was praying, but not necessarily the extent of it. She was praying, I think, every day for a miracle to go away on a vacation. And I remember in the middle of all this, I sat down at a restaurant. I had a meeting with these two business guys. And I sat down at the restaurant. And uh, they, just through conversation, they were asking me how I was doing. I was just sharing, kind of just generally speaking, and uh, one of them looks at me and says, what's really going on? And so I just begin to share my heart about just the discouragement, what was happening, a little bit about what was happening. And they decided in that moment to send Michelle and I away on a 10-day, all-paid-for, five-star, all-inclusive resort vacation. He said, you can go wherever you want. Just pick whatever you want. I don't care if it's the Bahamas. You go wherever you want. Anyways, they ended up sending us away. We could only get babysitters at that time. We had three kids for 10 days. So we maximized, went away for 10 days uh, to an all paid for five-star vacation in Mexico. And it was like one of the most life-giving vacations I think we've ever had uh, up until this point. I mean, as a couple, just together. It was an amazing blessing. In that moment, God gave us the desires of his heart. Why? Because it was the desire of his heart. Our hearts were leaning in in that season of brokenness. Our hearts were vulnerable. Our hearts were soft. And as a result, God granted our desire. And I just want to encourage us to understand that the more you lean into understanding what you don't understand when it comes to God's sovereignty, the more your desires line up with His. This is His desire for us. It says in 1 John 5 verse 14 to 15, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything, According, what? According to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. This is the quest. This is the quest that we all have, is leaning in and figuring out, God, what is your desire? How do we pray? Figuring out how we pray really is the antidote and the, uh, the power, the enabling power for us to break through in our prayers. So number one, sovereignty. God's sovereignty serves our worship. God's sovereignty serves our purpose. Number three, God's sovereignty serves our position. Reminding us of our position in life, that He is God and we are not. That He is big G God and we are a part of the union, the inheritance in His Son. We're co-laborers, we're co-heirs, but we are not God. We are united as one with God, but we are not God. We are of God and we are in God, but we are not God. God's sovereignty reminds us of our position. It reminds us of our position in light, that His thoughts are beyond our thoughts, His ways are beyond our ways. He cares. It reminds us that He cares and that He's got us. To have a revelation that God's got us, remember the word that I had in in 2019, well, moving into 2020, that in 20, there is plenty. 
to have an, an, a revelation of that during a, what feels like a famine of sorts, an economic famine, um, a relational famine, in some ways a church gathering community in the flesh famine, um, you know, uh, in, in a season where it feels like the opposite should be happening. How can there be plenty in a season where everything's being taken from us? In a lot of ways, our rights, our freedoms. How can we have plenty? Like, it doesn't make sense. Well, because God is sovereign, and because when you align yourself with what God has said, God's sovereignty comes in. And despite the circumstance, God still does what he wants to do. Despite, just like if you read the book of Revelation, the, the, the prophetic, uh, the predictive, uh, all, all the prophetic predictions within the book of Revelation are not contingent upon our responsibility and our works. Yes, there is an element, and you can read it in Ephesians 4, that there are things that have to happen, and they'll continue to happen until, and there are things that we have responsibility over, and you know, God's coming back for a blameless, spotless bride. We are the bride of Christ as the body of Christ, but there are uh, predictive prophecies. There are prophecy predictions that are sovereign in nature in that they're going to happen despite what you or I do or don't do. They're going to happen. They're just a part of God's plan. So let me just go back a little bit. So as I said about this revelation of 20 in, or in, plen in 20, there will be plenty. The revelation that God has got us goes beyond our responsibility. There's only so much you could do during a pandemic. There's, a, a, there's, a, there's this trust that has to happen in God's sovereignty for God's word to come to pass. And God will do what he pleases. Matthew 10, I love this. And I'm almost done. Matthew chapter 10, verse 29 to 31. I love this scripture. Jesus said this, are not two sparrows sold for one penny? Now, sparrows, okay, were thought of in this custom, in this culture, as the smallest of creatures. And pennies, okay, in this context, and I know they didn't use pennies like we use pennies, okay, but they were the least valuable Roman coins, okay? So he uses the least, the insignificant, okay? The things that have the least amount of value, the smallest, to illustrate a very important point to us. And it really shows his sovereignty and his supremacy and his leadership over our lives, okay? Matthew 10, verse 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. So even God, who is sovereign, has charge over what matters the least. Okay? What matters the least. That's the concept. That is the picture that Jesus is trying to paint. Okay? Are not two sparrows sold for one penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. So in other words, it says this. Fear not, therefore, you are, more of, you are of more value than many sparrows. So if I care about the sparrow, and these sparrows are sold for what has no value, for pennies, if I care about these guys, and none of them fall to the ground apart from my charge over them, then how much more do I care about the more valuable uh, of situations or the more valuable of creation, which is you and I, humanity. How much more? This shows God's amazing supremacy, sovereignty, that he has got our backs, that he is there for us, not only as the provider, but as El Shaddai, the God 
of more than enough, the God of plenty. And uh, man, I, I can't tell you how many times when I've come to the end of myself, I've done all that I can do, all my responsibility, I've prayed, I've fasted, read the word, journaled, you know, been obedient to God, you know, pressed in God, what have you said, and still no answer. And then I come to a place where I begin to worship God because He's sovereign and thank God that God, you know what, in the end, I've done all that I can do, but it's in the end, it's up to you. If you care about the sparrow that are sold for pennies, if you care about what's least valuable, then you must care about what's most valuable, and that's your creation, that's humanity, those that have relationship with you. I remember one time, you know, we were in the beginnings when we literally, we had, we had no money. We were living from house to house, moved seven times. The first year we were married, it was a crazy, crazy season of life. We were launching a ministry as an official charitable organization. Didn't have the money to set it up. Literally didn't have money. I mean, we were living literally by just, it was, it was a crazy season. And we still are in that season, but it just looks different now. What we have to believe for in God now is way more than what we had to believe for from God then. So that, that revelation keeps growing. It just looks different. In some seasons, it feels more painful than in other seasons. And this season, we're like, God, you know, you've called us to do this. We have no money. We need to set up this organization. Uh, you know, we're traveling. You know, we need to make this legitimate organization. And we were praying. I'd done everything I could. You know, we were believing for it. No money was coming in. We needed money to start our, our organization, Kingdom Culture. Uh, couldn't pay the legal fees, all that kind of stuff. I think we needed like $3,000. Couldn't get the money and uh, didn't know what to do. And we were, I was praying one day, just worshiping God, just saying, God, I'm at the end of it. I don't know what you want to do, but you've got a plan. You do whatever you please. And in the end, I'm just trusting you. I'm trusting you in this process. I'm re reminded of my position. God, you're the one leading this. It's your ministry. It's your thing in the end. I'm just joining in on what you've called me to do. And I remember getting a phone call during that time, getting a phone call from someone from the U.S., uh, a spiritual mother of mine uh, in that season. And uh, she said, listen, you know, we want to give you our charitable organization in Canada. And you can change the name. You can do whatever you want with it. Change the board of directors, do whatever you want with it. We want to give it to you. And this is when I was just starting out as an itinerant traveling speaker. And, uh, and we, I, was, I felt so blessed. Here we are, federally incorporated charity. It just given to us. The reins were handed over to us, and we changed the, uh, uh, you know, the, the the name to Kingdom Culture. And what we are today, as far as a legal entity, is a result of one of those moments of trusting in God's sovereignty and leaning in and acknowledging that He's above it all. And even though I've done all that I can to stand, in the end, it's Him. He is the author and He is the finisher of our faith and the ministry as we know it literally exist legally as a result of moments like these that I just shared. Now, as we close, I want to close with this, knowing that God is sovereign. And, you know, some of us, you know, maybe we're wrestling with this idea of the separation between responsibility and God's sovereignty, our responsibility and God's sovereignty. How really does sovereignty serve us? Well, I've given you three points. Serves our worship, serves our purpose, and serves our position, reminding us that we are not God and He is above it all. But Jesus leaves the earth with something so powerful 
a statement that he makes in Matthew 20, verse 28. Now, Jesus literally is a reflection, Hebrews says, an exact representation of God. In fact, it says in John 14 that Jesus, by believing in him, it's as though you are believing in God because Jesus and the Father are one. They are in union. It was a picture of what we would become after we've been reconciled back to God through Jesus' death and resurrection, okay? So in Matthew 20, verse 28, coming from Mr. Sovereignty himself, this is what Jesus says. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mr. Sovereignty himself said this. Sovereignty was there to serve us, was there to serve purpose for us, to illuminate us, to transform us. And how did sovereignty do this? By paying the ransom for our sin debt, by getting onto a cross willingly and dying a sinless death voluntarily for you. Maybe you're watching this and you've never said yes to Jesus before. You don't know what would happen to you. Maybe you've been on the fence for some time, kind of seeking out what is truth. I believe that Jesus is the truth. In fact, Jesus said it of himself, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except coming through me. Those were the words of Jesus himself. And maybe you're sitting here watching today, maybe you landed on this part by accident. Maybe just on this part, only by accident. I want to encourage you, today is a day where I believe will be the best decision of your life. By just saying yes to Jesus, I receive your forgiveness. I want you to be first place in my life. I'm acknowledging that you are Lord, that you are God. Thank you for dying on a cross, for resurrecting on the third day to raise me to new life. During this pandemic season, I want to lock into relationship with you. I want to receive the power of your Holy Spirit. I want to receive the power of God in my life. I want a real relationship with God moving forward. If you opened up your heart and you lean into what I just said and you said that in your heart, I want to encourage you. Uh, that, that is the best decision you have ever made in your entire life. I believe that with all my heart. I want to encourage you, reach out to our, our ministry, email us at prayer at kingdomculture.ca. We'd love to be a part of your journey moving forward. I just want to say yes and thank you for saying the best yes that I believe you will ever say in your life by saying yes to Jesus. For the rest of us, I want to encourage us, wherever we are, just to open up our hearts right now. I want to pray. I want to pray that in this season where we don't understand what's going on, that our, the revelation of God's sovereignty would go so deep, like it would go so deep and it would change the game that we'd have an understanding that God's sovereignty is for us. It serves a purpose in our life. I want you to just open up your hands right now. Father, I pray in this season that you would change the equation of our relationship. Maybe the equation has always been work plus work equals God's approval. More work and more effort equals God's love for us. And I just want to pray that, God, you'd shift that equation. That it just, it's just because you are love. It's because you are sovereign. That you are above all. That, that is the equation that we need to live from. We live for an audience of one. You plus you, God. Sovereign plus sovereign equals all the success, all the significance, all the reward that we could ever receive. God, I pray that in the midst of 
uncertainty and sickness and disease and challenge and struggle, that you would intervene because you're sovereign. That you would move on behalf of everyone watching today that needs a breakthrough. I pray that the breaking would happen. Maybe it's the breaking down of wrong mindsets or wrong perspectives that would allow them to break through. God, I pray that we would have more according to your will moments when we pray. That wouldn't just be spewing out our requests, our laundry list of prayers, hoping you're going to hear us. But God, that we would so soften our heart towards you in this season that we would know what you want us to pray before we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, Kingdom Culture. Thank you for tuning in. I hope this was an encouragement to you. I believe that in this season, you are going to have more of a revelation of the service of God's sovereignty over your life. God bless you and we'll see you next week. Wow, what an incredible message by Pastor Sean. It, guys, if you made a decision, if the, like God spoke to you, you encountered Jesus for the first time, we want to get connected to you. We want to send resources your way. How can you do that? Just email us at prayer at kingdomculture.ca. We do want to celebrate with you and get you plugged into our house. God bless you so much. Yes. Eh? Well, that's it for today, but it's not over. We'll see you again next Sunday. And don't forget to subscribe yes. so you guys get some reminders. And uh, we love you guys, and we miss you. Yes. And I just pray that you have an amazing and incredible week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning Bye. in. Bye.